0: Hey, listener, real quick note. Uh, So I recorded this podcast with a guest, Brian Castle, who is super kind to come on and chat with me about uh, productizing services. Um, Because we recorded in Zoom instead of Squadcast, where Benedict and I normally record, apparently I didn't have the right audio input selected. And I'm really sorry. That means that my audio is totally listenable, Totally usable, but just not up to uh, not up to 2021 standards and expectations. So, apologies for that. I hope you still love and enjoy this episode. So, here it is, Brian Castle on Slow and Steady. Welcome to Slow and Steady podcast where you get to follow along as we figure out how to build products and recover from burnout i'm brian and benedict is out this week he's moving and so i'm super thrilled uh to have brian castle joining me uh brian thanks so much for for joining me today coming on the show
1: hey brian yeah thanks for having me on and uh Benedict, I will, I'll, I'll try to do my best, uh, German accent to, to, uh, you know, repl- replace I, you this week.
0: I try, I tried to speak German once like 40 episodes ago and the feedback was virtually unanimous. Never try never try that again.
1: So okay. I'm going to leave
0: it. I'm going to leave it to you. Um, I got nothing. So-, <laughs> so, okay. So, so here's, here's the deal is that, uh, you know, listeners will know that over the past, probably like four or five episodes, I've been trying to figure out, okay, I've got this, I've got this one particular consulting service around jobs to be done interviews that's really working. Is there a way that I might be able to, to productize it? And then I thought, who do I know who knows a thing or two about productizing <laughs> a, uh, a, a service? And so reached out to reached out to you, Brian. So thanks for, thanks for hopping on.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is fun. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, like, you know, people still that, that like brand, if you will, of, of productized services with with my stuff, you know, kind of, kind of sticks to me and I'm not, not necessarily trying to shake it, but it's definitely a thing that I'm, although I actually still own and run audience ops, which is a productized service. I don't think about productized services or talk much or write or teach much about them in the past few years, I've been so much more focused on software. Totally. Um, totally. Uh, I, I feel I feel a little bit rusty on, on my advice
0: <laughs> on that kind <laughs> well, of stuff. Well, but, what I'll uh, be what, what I would really what I'll be asking and what I would love for or for and for you to kind of push back or whatever is just in you know uh, what what you have seen. What are the things that indicate whether or not something could be productized or no, or in your own experience, I mean, you've done this, you know, a handful of times now, um, what are yeah. the characteristics and qualities of, of something that, yeah, that actually just needs to stay, that's, that's a consulting thing that you're doing. Or, you know,
1: that's definitely one of the most common questions that I get from people is like, can, here's my, here's my idea, can this be productized? Or or I'm from this industry, can, Can is there a productized service with with this sort of skill set or this sort of industry? Um, that's the question that always comes up. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, think, well, first of all, my approach to, to talking about productized services has always been aimed at consultants, okay. you know, anybody can do a productized service. There, there are plenty of people who go straight from a full-time job to starting a productized service. There are plenty of software companies who add a services component. There's plenty of big agencies who start to productize down their offerings Th- those are all great um, but the the people who tend who who over the past several years, like you know going back now yeah um, people who tend to connect with me and my audience usually were freelancers or consultants and and so I always try to angle my advice toward them like when you start to think about productized services, it's just you know a a mental movement away from. You know, being a generalist, selling your hours for yep. for money, um, yep. and doing anything and everything for all sorts of different clients and and customers and and all different types of projects. Every yep. every one is different. Two, this is the problem that we solve for a type of client who has this problem, and we solve it in a in a very predictable, repeatable way, and that enables uh, a couple things. I mean, from an operations side, you can. Do it more repeatedly, which means you can have processes, which then means it's easier to grow a team and remove yourself. That's that's one big side of it, and then of course the other one is is marketing. I mean, yeah. you know, everybody knows the the thing like when you when you're solving a problem for type of customer, now you can actually do marketing. Yeah. Yes. Um, totally. You know, rely completely on, on word of mouth, which is what most freelancers <sighs> do. You know.
0: Yeah, you're yeah, you're describing my life. Um, so let me let me kind of give you an what if what if we do this? What if I outline to you this consulting service that I've I've really been finding some traction with and getting mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Doing Actually, something.
1: I just wanted to get a quick yeah quick background real quick because so you know I, I've tuned into to your show here, um, which is great. I love these bootstrapper podcasts. I. I can't get enough. I, I need somebody to give me like a like an archive of like a, <laughs> a, a weekly like like cliff note oh, of all, all the different yes. podcasts so, so that I don't I don't miss what's going on with people. But um I want to ask you so before before what you're doing now, uh correct me if I'm wrong. Your your background is in development. Front and is development. Software? Yep. Yeah. And, yep. and and so you've done that as a consultant or or for other companies? Yeah.
0: Yeah. So let me, yes. So let me well, you're not completely you new
1: to working with clients in a consulting capacity? No,
0: not at all, not at all. So, um, I mean, way back, you know, 10 years ago, uh, I was a just full-time, like freelance front-end developer and then got a job um, as a front-end developer with a startup out here in Boulder, uh, moved here from from Texas and at that company went from front-end developer to, you know, senior, or, you know, lead UX to chief of product. And so as chief of product, that's when I started to learn about jobs to be done and customer research and really focusing in on not just what we're building and and how to build it, you know, as a front end developer, but why should we build it, build it, how should we prioritize things? What should we kill, et cetera, et cetera. So like got the the product side of things there. Um, We sold that company. I started a new company with the CEO of of the successful startup. Uh, We crashed that. Into the ground, and from then <laughs> I've been doing uh, product consulting. And now, what my you know the, the summary of what my struggle has been over the last three years is: yeah, I can do some UX/UI design. Yes, I'm a front end developer. Yes, I can do uh, customer research and and interviews for you. And so, uh, did not have not done a, a very good job at all of focusing in on any one of those things. Okay, so that's like that's my background and my skill set. what's what's wor- been working very recently is I will, for you, product team at a startup who's trying to figure out what to build, I will conduct eight to twelve interviews with customers or target customers that you recruit and you identify. through those interviews, I will pull out a hundred to two hundred qualitative insights. We will work together to prioritize those things, and then I will design and execute a, a quantitative survey to a larger sample size of your audience based on those insights that we pull out. And then I am going to take the the results of that survey and put and do some data analysis and provide you with a very nice visualization that will help you see exactly what is most important to which cluster of your audience, and that is how you can prioritize your product roadmap. Boom, 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 boom. And that is like, you know, selling at a 15 to $25,000 engagement, depending upon how in depth they want to go. And it's, it's working.
1: Cool. Um, I love it. I, I think that's a, uh, you know, like every other product person uh, listening to this, uh, prioritization is by far the hardest thing. Literally, this morning and every morning, I'm I'm always fighting between ten different issues in my GitHub board yeah. and marketing tasks that I that I am in the middle of or, or need to be doing. Which one? Not not just marketing or product, but like which right. one of these uh, features do we need to build, or which one of these bugs is more important yes. to, to fix yeah. first? Uh, yeah, yeah. never ending battle. And, and I can't even imagine the, like, I'm actually not that experienced, uh, with, you know, a later stage company with a team who needs to prioritize, uh, different things, you know? Yes. So, um, uh, at, at least in the, in the, so- like a software company is what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm-hmm. I'm curious to know how, ha- have you started delivering that service for clients recently? Is that? Yes.
0: Yes. so let's like see. how
1: did that come about like who who approached you or how did you approach them
0: yeah I I wrote a an article on my site that just detailed out you know here's exactly how I did this for for a client um, this is how we ran the interviews this is how I structured the survey it's based upon you know a technique described by you know an, an industry thought leader Tony olwick and you know boom 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 here's exactly how I I did it. And if you're interested, hit me up. Um, And so somewhat inexplicably, though, that I mean, that post has been out there for two years. But just since December, I've landed four projects off of it, like boom, boom, boom. boom.
1: So people just found that organically? People just find
0: that organically. I described the process. I think the reason that it's starting to work better now is that my overall messaging on the site is now much more focused. Whereas before people would find that post, go to my homepage and then be like, wait, what? He's a front-end developer. And now they find that post, go to the homepage and they're like, oh, jobs to be done research for startups. We're a startup. We need jobs to be done research. Let's email him." And so, um, so that, is how people, that is how people are finding me. Is, Very cool. Is in um,
1: that way. The, the other thing that I'm wondering as, you're, as you were describing the service and the problem that you're solving, so these, so I'm curious actually. So those you said four clients have, yes. have reached out? Yes. Um and of three,
0: the, three are completed, one w- and one did a, a, a repeat uh,
1: oh okay. A repeat so they, they they bought the same service again? Yes. Okay, awesome. Um so of the of that group, how many are startups who are like sort of at the idea stage and they haven't built anything yet versus startups who have built some portion of their product, and they're trying to figure out what which features to build next.
0: okay, so so one one uh, one startup has a has a product. They have customers. We were interviewing their existing customers. it was it was all about how do we focus on what people really want. Um, the another another client is a very large, it's actually Lego very large, well-established company. And then within the huge company, there's this incubation team. And their job is full on just ideation and innovation. And so that was, we could build anything, what should we build? Okay, so, so they're
1: like totally from scratch, like open to any new ideas? Yes, yes,
0: mm. Yeah. Op- open to anything. That seems even harder
1: um, to, to research, right? Like, did they have any direction that they wanted to? To go, well, yeah.
0: I mean, in the they they have a target market. They have a core principle. Uh, target market being uh, being parents uh, who want to through this core principle of encourage learning through play, encourage mm-hmm. you know growth through play. So that was like that's the job, um, and so that was you know several steps up in terms of specificity. But it's the same. It's the same exact process as as this other company who I'm working with right now. There's like a medical device company in Boston um, and we're just trying to interview, we are interviewing people to say specifically, okay, when you use this tool to do this thing, you know, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you struggling with? And uh, and so on. So the process is identical. Um, is it always,
1: are, are they always trying to like the, the, their, their outcome, their, their goal outcome in hiring you is their goal to figure out how um, is it from a product standpoint, like we we need to understand which version of our product to build and bring to market, or is it more of a marketing
0: question? Like, it's it's who much should more we focus
1: around, on
0: it's much more around the, the product and to to say we we have a sense of who our customer is. Um, we need to know how to. We we just want to remove uncertainty around what are we prioritizing, mm-hmm. what are we giving our time and energy into. Got it. So, help us help us at least remove some wasted cycles.
1: Got it. And so um, and by the way, how how have you been pricing this?
0: Um, j- just per per product, or sorry, per engagement. So this number of interviews, this number of you know uh, catch up. You know, and, uh, and then, Do
1: you have like a website for this?
0: Uh, not, I mean, brianray.com, but it does not currently in any way go into detail on this specific service.
1: Okay, like, cool. So it's like, it be, that's just your personal site, but so far you've just been working with some first clients and it's not really like built out as like a
0: exactly, like a branded exactly, exa- yes, service. Exactly, yes, exactly, exactly. And so those are, so this is like, I guess my question to you is like, Um, you know, to the, to the extent I suppose that it, that it is presented is just through several blog posts where people are like, Oh, okay. This guy knows what he's talking about around jobs to be done. Let's fill out the contact form. And then through the proposal is when I detail and and show screenshots and examples of everything I just described to you. So, um, and so for sure, for sure, in terms of the, on the consulting side, it, it feels like a no-brainer. My next step is to take everything that I just described to you and put that service up at brianray.com. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. My my question, that the thing I've been sort of wondering, am I getting too far ahead of myself here, or no? Is it okay to start thinking about this? Is for for me to you know conduct those eight to twelve interviews and then spend you know a fair amount of time going through notes, organizing notes, meeting with the client to find out, you know, which of these are within your domain of expertise, which of these do you know are, are kind of a red herring a rabbit trail that takes, that takes a lot of time. There are teams, there are companies that have the, the interview expertise that I bring to the project. They have that in house. What they don't have is a definitive process. This is, why, this is what we do immediately after, the, after our interviews are done. We put them into this tool, we prioritize them in this way, we analyze the data in exactly this way. That's what I think that companies don't have. Hmm. What, what they have is people who can run these interviews and then what happens is everybody gets into a, a boardroom and you know throws stuff up on a whiteboard and argues over what we should prioritize. Like,
1: are you saying like your potential clients all like their, their immediate pain isn't like, Oh, we don't know how to talk to our own customers. It's, it's more about like, we could talk to our customers all day, but we just don't know what to do with it.
0: Boom. Bingo. Okay. Yes. And that is what, that is what my, you know, the, the, I think and, that and they're adaptation. not, and, and it's
1: also like, sure, we could talk to our customers, but we don't want to spend all of our team's hours on that. We'd rather outsource it to Brian's service or, so, or, or, or it could be even like, you know, maybe customers are even more honest if we get a third party to interview them
0: instead of us. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. That's for sure. A benefit is hiring somebody outside. You don't have implicit bias coming in or, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, that's helpful. The The other thing is that, I mean, the teams who, who have hired me, um, they have some experience running customer interviews, but they're also like, we, we want to sit in on these calls and have you coach us and teach us so that we can do this in the future. Like, yes, for sure. You should be doing this yourself. Um, and so uh, along with doing it, like, uh, yeah, for sure I can coach and teach and be available you know, in the future. Um, that seems like a great consulting offering and it's proving itself to be a, a great consulting offering. What I, what I'm wondering about on the, the productized side of this is saying and so now, let me let me remove for you, team, who already has this uh, the the research expertise. Let me provide a tool for you that takes away, you know, the back end of brainstorming uh, debates and prioritization debates, and, and you can just say, "Look, here's what the data is showing us. Let's let's." Continue. I mean, you still have to have some sort of conversation, obviously, but like at least there's some sort of structure for for analyzing it so
1: um are you getting at like building software to analyze the results of yes uh,
0: customer interviews yes
1: okay um
0: which and which i have which i'm currently Oh, like so
1: so you have this software system for for doing it
0: yeah it's the it is the final deliverable to my clients is whether we run the survey so after we run all do all the interviews, then we prioritize some, some, uh, some outcomes and then use survey monkey or Pollfish or whatever um, to run the surveys. And then I take that data, put it into this application, into the software that I've built built, and it provides a visualization to, to the, to the team.
1: I see. Okay. And- so, so if I understand correctly, First, you you have been doing the interviews with say yes. twenty customers or so, um, and you and you gather all these insights out of those interviews, and then based on those insights, that helps you formulate the actual survey exactly. questions exactly. that you can then blast out to their larger list.
0: Exactly right.
1: And then you take the survey results from that and feed it into your software, and, and yes. which gives you like the the graphic, the the report, all,
0: all that. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. And so. And so, um, one of my, one of my clients who, uh, we, we did this project together. They, uh, they re-upped, they ordered, we did it again. And they were like, this is amazing. We think that we can do this on our own next time. And they have done exactly that. But I, what I knew is they don't have, they don't have my app. They don't have my, like the final deliverable. So I reached out to them and said, Hey, congrats. It's so awesome. Um, Hey, how are you going to analyze these things? Would you, would you be interested in, uh, in purchasing a license to this? One of the things I've been wondering about, is this something that a team like yours would be interested in on an ongoing basis? And they were like, yes, exactly. That would be amazing. And so.
1: That's interesting. That uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the software? So like, sure. um, so, so it takes all, so, what What's like the main benefit of of getting a report back from from the software?
0: Hey, listener me again. so what I did here was to take a minute and spin up a version of the app uh remove any proprietary you know company information uh client information from it uh to be able to show it to Brian super super boring, so I've removed it here and have made it available for you to be able to go and look so that what we're talking about here makes a whole lot more sense to you, you can go to quantified-jtbd as in jobs to be done quantified-jtbd.herokuapp.com or just click on the link there in the show notes. It's going to look a lot better on your laptop. I have not optimized this for mobile uh, just yet, so if you're trying it on your phone, it's probably going to look pretty gnarly. But, if you want to get a sense for what it is we are talking about here, you can check it out. Oh, and the data that i've used uh on that example uh i was just like off the top of my head listing a bunch of things that people who produce podcasts might want or need and i assure you that the importance and satisfaction scores that you're seeing there are completely randomized these are this is not what i'm actually saying so you know don't at me or anything like that
1: yeah that that makes sense. Like so, so I guess like for listeners, what I'm looking at is sort of a a graph. Uh, the the y-axis there is satisfaction. X-axis is importance. And then I've I see these like lines and and dots that kind of go up into the right. It sort of like maps out. Got it. So so those sort of like represent like potential things they could build and like exactly. where where does it map onto how important and how
0: how much it will satisfy their their customers. Yes that's exactly okay. right. So, so bottom, we Pretty want cool. things that are in the bottom, right? Very important. Like eight to 10 with low satisfaction, zero to three.
1: Got it. Okay. Makes the sense? satisfaction is like they're, they're currently unsatisfied. So we need, that's to, right. we need to fix that. That's right. Okay.
0: And, and so rather than just having this big list of things that we could build some generic, you know, uh, bar graph of the outcome of the surveys, um, this this my software charts each of those on this graph and I run it through some cluster analysis and so they're able to see you know this these 291 respondents are you know up here almost like over satisfied but we have a decent cluster of people who are unsatisfied and find these things to be very important so can we build something that focuses specifically on in on them? Hmm. so just helps to, uh, I think just, just makes the makes the output of the surveys all the more easy to, to ingest and, you know, start to have conversations around that.
1: Yeah, this is cool. Um, so it's, I mean, yeah, like what, what's your, what's your question here? Is it mainly (laughs) like, um, uh, are you asking like should you start to offer this as a as a self serve
0: software solution? Yes. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. So my so at this at this point my my question would would be um, does does this have the characteristics of something that could be productized for, and and the target market would be you know for product teams who have in house customer research expertise but are unsatisfied with how the decision-making process happens after the customer research has been conducted, here is a process and a tool to simplify that. I, I like that
1: direction, okay. um, personally. Like, I, I think what you're describing, what you're showing me here, like, makes a lot of sense. Um, I, you know, obviously there's gonna be a ton of other questions to, like, vet out as you as you go through the product. Uh, formulation process, right? Uh huh. Um, you know, I, I, think there, there, there could be an, an opportunity for like a software with a service type of type of deal here. Right. Um, cause I, 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 I wonder about what you, what we were just looking at from the software output. That's only, that only really works if you've actually asked the right questions, if you did the legwork of the, of the interviews yes. up front. And even sure. if they might do it, they might, might not be great at interviewing. They might ask, you know, poorly worded yep. questions. Yep. Um, maybe they're only interviewing the happiest customers, and they're not interviewing the the, the, the good customers to interview and that, that sort of stuff, right? Um, so so that those sort of like intangibles feel more like a service, and then yes. the the software does the analysis, right? Like, like like it could be more like like a bench. Uh, you know, like uh, the accounting yes. uh, service, which is like they have real bookkeepers who work for Bench, yep. and they use Bench's software to do it. Right?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. I so, one of that, my that model. What, one of my questions to you is going to be, you know, the idea of going from consulting to a productized service to a self serve product. Um, first of all, do I kind of have do I have those tiers? Do I have those jumps? basically right i mean look i'm
1: I'm not gonna be uh i'm not gonna claim to be any sort of expert in this because i i haven't made that jump successfully myself and I, and I think that um i think that it can work in multiple ways for okay. different okay. companies I, I um you know i i have found it to be in my experience actually a little bit more difficult to to have a direct line a direct succession from service to service plus software for the same customers to software purely for the same customers. Like I haven't seen that work really well. Hmm. Um, I, I, because I tend to, to think that a service offering like, like audience ops, for example, my, my, my productized service, we do blog content as a service. There's no software in there. I mean we we use process kit on our back end to yeah. to yeah. uh to like manage our process right but in terms of what we're delivering to the clients they are just hiring us to write their content and publish it for them right yeah. um so so i guess like the job to be done if you will of audience ops for those clients is like even a lot of our clients are really great writers themselves they just don't want to do it so they outsource yeah. it to or us the time. right um uh so you know they they're not looking for any software solution. They don't want to do it themselves. They want to hire a service to do it for them. It's a done mm-hmm. for you service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum is like pure SaaS products, right? And, and I've always thought like one of the biggest challenges with SaaS products in general is that like really it only solves half the problem, right? Um, it, like, um, like In most cases, the SAS product only actually solves half the problem that it's that it's built to solve. That you know, it it identifies the problem and it's a tool yes. that somebody can then actually actively use to solve the problem. Yeah. It, the tool itself doesn't solve the problem. You need a person to operate it and solve and, and get their problem solved using the tool, right? So that's why SAS only does the, the functional like half of it. You need Need the operator to do it, and that—that's where I—I I like the idea of a service plus a software. It—it uh-huh. um, it sort of you know brings it back to that, like okay, customer really doesn't have to do anything. Although there's there's some back some some collaboration to 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 go in the right direction, but you know, and then I mean on the on the end of the spectrum with SaaS, there of course there are plenty of customers who want a tool that they themselves can use. So so that's why sometimes I see that disconnect between if you go from selling a service to customers, you're selling something to what the customers are buying is they don't want to do anything themselves. Yep. But if you're selling a SaaS to customers, those customers do want to do, do part of it themselves. They just needed a tool to enable mm-hmm. themselves to do it. So, yep. so that, that's why it might be a, a, a different, target customer. Even though you're, you're in customer research and jobs to be done, it's generally the same thing. The people who buy the service will spend more money to have an expert like you do it, whereas the software might end up being sold to other experts like you, not yeah. the same yep.
0: clients who would buy the, the service. Right? Yeah, interesting. I mean, I I have definitely I mean, or
1: you know, there's other variations of that. It, it maybe the software ends up being sold to uh larger companies who do have in-house experts, yeah. but they just need the tool. Um you know. They're, and, that, you know they're, and then there's also like you know, you could mix in like an educational component, right? Like if to have it purely self-serve, maybe they go through your uh training program that how to design Mm -hmm. the right questions to ask how to interview people, Mm -hmm. um, a little bit more self self paced, self-serve there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the larger team with in-house expertise or aspirational in-house expertise is I think the reason that's much more appealing to, to me, um, in terms of what I would really like to try to hone in on and build is I guess it, it feels to me like if I were to try to turn this into um, you know, I, I use this software, my team uses this software for the service that we provide that feels too close to me to, to just building an agency where, you know, I have a couple of people who can run interviews. I have a project product or project manager, you know, who keeps things going along. Like, uh, I don't want to build an agency so yeah
1: i mean i understand that um uh uh, um you know client services managing a team it's often not the most attractive idea to to folks like us who are builders makers right (laughs) um i'll say but you know that this is why i i sort of like and this is why I started a productized service, and, and I, I, I see a difference between a, an agency and a productized service. I, I used to work for agencies back in the day as, as a web designer, you know um, and what I saw back then was lots of huge accounts, lots of people, lots of account managers and de- designers and developers, and everybody's hair is on fire, and every yep. project is completely different and yep. And, uh, and, and, you know, the clients are demanding this and that, and Mm -hmm. and we're working late and it's, and it's a nightmare. We don't, we don't enjoy this. Right. Um, a productized service is much more focused on repeatability and, and predictability. And we design into our processes the lack of stress, right? Like in audience ops, like we don't do rush jobs. If you want to, if you want an article from us, you're not going to get it for four more weeks. Like that's just how. Our process
0: works. New work right? yep.
1: um, so and and also from a hiring standpoint and building a team, I, I found that going the productized service route, you can become much more focused in the exact type of roles that you need to hire and fill. Um, you know, uh, I guess like I know there's a lot of software developers listening to this, right? So so think about it like like you. I, I really do think about building an audience ops like building software. Like you have these little components, uh, classes, yep. uh, you know, yes. service objects and whatnot. Totally. So like we have, you know, to, to, to produce an article, we have an account manager. They, they do all the communication with the client. We've, we've got a writer, we've got a, a separate copy editor. We've got a a, 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 like a technical assistant. Um, and they're all just like, technically a writer could, take an article and set it up in WordPress, or they could copy edit their own thing, or they could be, com- be commun- com- like communicating with a client, but instead we have different people doing those different roles, following different processes. And and it sort of all just fits together, right? Um, okay. to, to the point where it just runs really predictably and it's easier to hire and fill these very specific roles rather than having to go out and find like a super talented jack of all trades who can handle all the different things. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that, that to me is like the difference between staffing up an agency versus like staffing up a, a productized service. And then, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm really not exaggerating when I say like audience ops literally runs without me. I I don't, I, I, I touch it for less than two hours in a week total. Mm-hmm. and And it's usually like five minute spurts just, answering a question from my team manager you know um so it it, what all i'm saying is like and and i'm not saying it's for everyone i i don't recommend (laughs) it for for everyone but but i have found that it has been a really great way to self-fund all the things that i'm doing today Yep. Um it's been a really great way to escape me doing consulting work. Uh-huh. You know, like I don't do freelance cause I I even cut out, I used to do coaching calls through product guys. I cut that yep. out. I don't yep. do, I don't do that anymore. You know, so um like it it has been the way that 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 gives me all the margin and all the time to to hack on software products, yeah. you know. Yeah. And so like it is a path and and, and what you're describing here, I'm I'm curious. I guess my question for you now is what what is your goal right now or what is the big uh thing in in your work life that's like oh man if i could just remove this my like my my work would be so much more enjoyable is it like you're you're spending way too much too many hours dealing directly with the client is it um yeah no well,
0: i i my hours right now are better than they've been in years um it's that it requires me to be deeply engaged and available at 9am mountain time on Tuesday, like to, to be conducting these interviews. Um, it is, there's no room for me to be, you know, to work yeah, as, like you can't just as, to take as a I like. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and not even, not even the vacation thing, just like being available at a specific hour. Um, Mm-hmm. And uh and being the one to to, to run to run them. So
1: right. but but like that is solvable, right? Like you 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 said it before, like there are people who can be hired to do those interviews and in, in, instead of you, yeah, right?
0: Yeah, yes, you're right. Okay, so then let me let me go a little bit one level deeper then. Okay, yeah, it's just uh to feel like I'm working on something that is more likely to scale very well and the the way that I'm offering this right now feels like it would be harder to scale than to say, okay, what's the software side of this, and could I get opinionated and uh, specific and say, hey, team, like this, you need this tool. Well, That's-
1: what I what I found, and I, and I think a lot of bootstrapped SaaS startup founders. You know, repeatedly find is that like, man, SaaS takes a long time to to get working, yep. and you're gonna yeah. probably go down many paths of doing the wrong thing. But mm. even when you're doing the right thing, it's still gonna take. I think well over a year, often two years, yeah. to even get close to cracking, whatever the 10 thing. kmr, 15, 20 kmr to mm. to whatever point actually is. It's like I could do nothing else. This is paying all my bills, yeah. and 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 of course once you get to that point now you got to start hiring people to to run mm-hmm. this SaaS. so all of a sudden it's not profitable again so yeah so, like, I, so the the question then is how 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 would you like to self fund that runway to to the to having a successful saas mm-hmm. and i mean again my path is not for everyone but what 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 i have been doing is i i have this audience ops thing running and that gives me all the runway that I need to go down incorrect, you know, wrong directions and yeah, and, and right. course correct. I have time have to, margin. to do that. Yeah, margin. Um, and I'm not working on like nights and weekends on it, right? Yeah. Um yeah. So that's that's one path. Of course, other people can, you know, get get funding. You can, you know, maybe have a, a, a big year's worth of savings from, from consulting that you can pause consulting and just sort of like. Mm-hmm. Say okay, I, I've got enough that I that I intend to burn through for a year to do SaaS. That that's a that's a path some people take. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's different things to it. But what you're describing, what you what you showed here earlier, is that you do already have clients who are who have been paying for this jobs to be done interviewing service. Yeah. Right? Yes. Um, and and you've shown there's a software component that is interesting that's useful in your thing some clients have expressed interest in that too so to me the the path of least resistance if you will is that continue to to do the the service and develop out the software and then see if there's an opportunity to break off the software you know knowing that you might not be selling that software to the same people who are who are buying the service exactly yeah um yeah you know, and, and I, I, I like it because the, the work that you're doing in the service does inform the software. Um, okay. So it sort of makes sense. Uh, and, and I mean, if, you know, you could approach that a couple of different ways, right? You may, maybe your goal is to just do the service stuff kind of like temporarily for a year or so or less just to you know keep keep the cash flow coming in while you're hacking on the software. Yeah. In that case, you know, maybe processes and hiring a team isn't that important and you just say like, okay, I'm going to make myself available on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for the client services stuff. That that gives me three more days a week to focus on on the software side. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to spend the first week or two of every month on service and then the second two weeks on software and maybe you break it up differently, but like, you know, um, in that, in that model, you are continuing to do, to put in the hours with the clients and that would be fine. Right. Another, another way to think about it though, would be, well, maybe this service thing is going to continue on past the year. Right. Um, Cause again, SaaS takes a long time and, and it, and you might get, The service to a point where it's running pretty smoothly and you're not the one doing the interviews and then it's like well why first of all why give it up it's a great cash flow second of all that's a that's a sellable business too right i mean
0: okay that so this is what i was getting ready to follow up with on the other the other thing when you were asking like so what are your goals in this is to is truly to feel like i am working on building an asset that can be acquired without me needing to be a part of it Yeah. and brian ray jobs to be done you know consulting service obviously not an acquirable thing by any stretch of the imagination and so how do you how how would you see if the service continued on that like just to ensure that any expertise that i'm bringing is accounted for and and hired for and then it's legitimately uh, it's an acquirable asset
1: as well. It, it that sort of thing. What you're describing absolutely is an acquirable asset. I mean, and not not today in its current form, but of course, yeah. But yeah. services like that get bought and sold all the time. They're, and it's hmm. more popular than ever today. People, I mean, first of all, just generally, agencies are bought and sold all the time, but now productized services are bought and sold all the time.
0: You know, if they are, if they are, if they prove themselves to be as repeatable and reliable as yeah. software I, sold, service. I sold
1: restaurant engine back in 2015 and that had a a little bit of software component in it but it was mainly a productized service we had a team who set up websites for restaurants right and, and we did phone sales with every customer and everything and you know I handed that service off to, to a new owner hmm. um, companies like that get bought and sold all the time you know
0: I might be, I, I, I'm, I, I might be, I am like wh- he- way too heavily discounting that piece of it. And and to be clear, it's not that my goal is to, I want to build something so that I can sell it. But if I'm going to build something, I want to build something that can be bought.
1: Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and I, and that is the right way to think about it because even if you don't plan to sell it anytime soon, the business is going to be that much better off to build it, it as if you will. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, really it's, it it's, it's pretty simple to think about it. It's like basically just the goal is, what if this business was running without me, what would need to be in place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that usually means first, like even before, see, I think the other, the other pitfall that people start to run into is like they start to hire a team before their operations are really ready for it. Um, you know, there's a lot of agency owners and consultants who they're super busy because they get a lot of work, but that work is so varied that, you know, they, they hire someone and then, oh, that, that, that person can't really pick up all these different pieces because there's no, there's no repeatability. Process, yeah, and yeah. then, and then also the business owner is like spending all this extra time, um, giving them a task to do. And then that task doesn't happen again for a while. And then now they, now they have to give them another task to do to keep them busy. So, so if if you're focusing in on this jobs to be done thing, you know, start to think through, like, if I had a, an interviewer on the team, what, what can they be doing consistently every single week? Yeah. Like what would they have 10 interviews to do every single week? And that would be the only thing that I'm generally hiring them for is mm-hmm. they show up and they do their interviews. Right. Um, or, or maybe you need like, a like an assistant to take the the notes from the interviews and format them Compile in a certain them. way. Yes. And, yep. You know, um, yep. is it, are there enough of those things that are coming in every single week that can go through the assistant's desk? Right. Um, those are the types of things that I would start to think about if, if that's a, a goal of like it building is. out the, yeah. the team. You yeah, know.
0: Cool. Okay. Brian Castle, we are at exactly one hour. Um, thanks a ton. <laughs> this is really, really helpful. I mean, you opened up this conversation by trying to downplay your expertise and then you just spent, you know, the last 45 <laughs> minutes uh, negating that. So well, thank this is you fun. Very, very much. I, I love kind of uh, <laughs> it, it
1: it's definitely refreshing to, to take a break from my business struggles over here and, and dive into somebody else's, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, uh, I, yeah, again, thanks so much for, for making the time. It was a pleasure to get to get to talk to you in real time. I've been following your work for years. I have personally, I have gotten a lot of value out of the things that you have put out onto the internet. So thank you very, very much for what you've done. It's has man. truly and, and- helped me out. Many hey times.
1: you know um to you and and Benedict too and everyone else in our circles who are publishing podcasts and tweeting and working in public you know i just want to say this cuz I, I sometimes i feel like working in public um gets a bad rap like people look at it like oh it's just a way to promote your product or it's a yeah. way to to brag about your numbers or whatever and i i completely don't see that see it that way at all it's i always learn from seeing what other people are doing. And yes. and and that's where I get inspiration from. And um and, and I, I just think there's there's no more value that we in, in our little industry here can do than to be public about the types of projects we're working on, share our thinking behind them, why we're thinking about this or that, you know, how, how we did this or that. Not that somebody else can do it exactly the way that you did it, but Let's just share our notes so that we all can keep working. It's a good good way of
0: putting it. (laughs) Share share your notes. Yeah. Cool man. Uh, All right. Great great to great to chat. Thanks so much. Be in touch. All right. See ya. Later.